0: I'm outnumbered at my house. I have two daughters and a wife. It's three to one. And the reason that I have a hangout in my study is because that's where I have all my animals. You know, and for the most part, the high majority of of antlered, white-tailed deer are boys. (laughs) So, and they're mounted in this room, and I have a couple bears and ducks and and geese, and I just hang out with the guys. (laughs) And that's my room, okay? Don't mess with my room. This is how I hang out. And I was writing a sermon. I was was writing this sermon, and Mary, my wife, comes in, and she says, Hey, what are you going to preach on Sunday? And I said, I'm going to preach on Palm Sunday. And she goes, But Palm Sunday's not till the 20th. And literally, my wife goes, Can you do that? <laughs> I said, yeah. yeah. Here's the deal. This is why. I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to share some things with you about why we're doing what we're doing. And I really want you to grasp this because God has something for you. I had a meeting with the lead team yesterday, and I told them about this. This next, this next series of sermons. And uh, I said, this is one of those sermon series where I don't know that I'm going to need a microphone because when I start talking about what Jesus did right there, it gets me a little bit excited because I don't deserve it. And neither do you. We talked about it as a couple months ago when I, when I said some really hard things, didn't I? I said, you're not a good person. Whew. You don't know me. I know enough to know that you're human. And being human is enough to not be perfect. But we're going, to do, we're going to talk about Palm Sunday this, this week. And we're going to talk about the different characters that are in this story. What Jesus does. He fulfills prophecies from Zechariah. He fulfills, he fulfills prophecies from the Old Testament. The disciples. We look at the people waving the palm branches. What do they say? Who do they say Jesus is? The top of your... Before we get into, uh, in, into the sermon, if you open your worship handout all the way. All the way out flat. And look to the right side. There's an Annie Armstrong offering on the very top. We take that. We, we, don't, ma- we don't pass an offering for that. Right, at, right outside the, these doors by the door, there's some white there's some white envelopes that say Annie Armstrong. That, kind, that offering goes to help home missionaries. Oh, sweet. They go to different homes around the area. No. No. Home missionaries means they stay in North America. They don't go across the sea. Okay? Lottie Moon in the Christmas time, that's when we send the money abroad. But Annie Armstrong offering, if you want to give to that, there's that. Underneath that, check this out. Maybe you're saying, man... I'm available to help if you need some help. Okay, we need some help. Now read, alright? Now look, church-wide cleaning day. Why? Two weeks from today is Easter. We're going to clean the walls and, the, and more thoroughly than we normally do. Okay, and I know we have a, clean, we have a pretty clean building. We're going to clean some chairs. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're 104 or 4. We can put you to work. Okay? My, when it's, my, it's our turn to clean the sanctuary. My daughters are fluent in lint rollers, man. If you're sitting in one of these chairs right here, my daughters have lint rolled that. And I have a seven and a four-year-old. Anybody's welcome. Um, but there's a date right there. Thursday the 24th from 5 to 8 p.m. I gave you a couple different choices. Saturday 10 to noon. We may not be here till noon on Saturday if we get a whole lot done on Thursday, okay? Underneath that, we got two more, I know. Two more. First step, if you are thinking about becoming a member want to know more about Connection, the home of Ben and Annie Staley, there's the address there. But please, 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 I had a couple people this morning say that they're, they're going to come. You need to let me know. If you want to become a member of the church, that's great. I need to know because there's materials that I make up so you can have one of those at the meeting. And I just need to make sure. I'll make some extra, but I don't, I'm not going to make a whole lot extra, okay? Underneath that, the dunk party. Now, dunk party. For those of you that are not fluent or speak connection language, connectionese, uh, dunk party is our baptism Sunday. Uh, we will have one service on May the 1st, okay? I know, this is, this is like a six-week period full of craziness. We have a time change, uh, then we're going to go to, we're, on, Monday, on May the 1st, we're going to go to a 10 o'clock service one time, one service. Both services come together, we join together, we hang out, uh, we're going to enjoy a meal together after we, after we dunk some people, after they follow in, in, in Believer's Baptism, because they've, they've made a relationship with Jesus Christ. But this morning, I want us to check this out, so you can be, you can be looking at those but if you have your worship hand out again, now you take it when it's open and just close this, and right here in the middle is going to be some sermon notes. And I want to ask us a very important question. It's very sharp. It was very sharp to me as soon as I wrote it, as soon as I looked at it, and as soon as I answered it, and I even saw Jesus ask Peter this, as Jack saw. Jack, Jack uh, told you earlier. He says, who do you say Jesus is? Now some people need to underline this. Some people are really searching. Guess what? That's Okay. Here's how confident I am. You can ask any question that you want to about the Jesus that I serve, and it's going to come back to where he's still the man. You can't disprove him. If you were, if you were here before, and you saw that video, that's my king. I'm telling you right now, you cannot, I cannot watch that. I do not put that on a CD and put it in my truck. I will speed. Okay? It's like a woo. He's, he's my sustainer, my provider. Look what he did on the cross for me. And we have, we have, this, we have this, this battle between what do we want to know about Jesus? How can he change my life, but not too much? And we're going to look at some people this morning. We're on the way to the cross. The here's here's what we have to back up. Jesus in John chapter 12 is getting ready to come into Jerusalem and celebrate what we know as Palm Sunday traditionally. That's next week on, t- on the 20th. Don't tell anyone, I just did it a little bit earlier, okay? It's okay. Why do we do it a little earlier? Next week, I'm not going to get into graphic detail, but I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you the exact truth of what is known about how Christ paid for you and I sin. Next week. I'm not going to get graphic. I'm not going to get gory. You know why? Because I have only seen The Passion of the Christ one time. In the middle of the movie, I felt myself do this, and I wanted to scream at the top of my lungs, Will you please stop quitting? He quit hitting him, because he didn't do anything wrong. Hit me. You ever seen that movie? It's crazy. And, and it was probably this. It was probably worse than the Hollywood version. And it disturbs me, but here's what we need to look at. We're not going to look at the blood and the, and the, and the, and the, and the awful stuff, but here's, what, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to challenge you guys, actually. Before next week, if you have Netflix, if you have some capability to, to go get this, rent this, watch this, or if you've seen the movie Do You Believe? Anybody seen that movie? Do you believe? I'm going to ask you a question next week that they ask in that movie. I was absolutely to my knees floored this week watching a Hollywood movie. There's a, preacher that, or there's a guy that comes up to a preacher. I'm not going to destroy anything about the movie. But he's asked a question that I'm going to ask you. You ready? Do you believe in the cross of Christ? Sure. I'm a pastor. Yeah. That's what the guy says in the movie. And I'm like, oh my. And then he says this. He says, no, that's not what I asked. Do you believe in the power of... Of the cross of Jesus. That's a different question. It takes on a whole new meaning. Do you know what? He goes on, he says he says, Do you know what can take place now because there is a cross of Christ? And I don't care if you're I mean, I don't care if you're seven foot tall and you can and you can bench press a bulldozer. You better have some Kleenexes sitting by you when you watch that movie. I don't care how tough you are. I don't cry at movies. Hmm. I'm not going to bet against you, but I... In two weeks, Easter. Palm Sunday, crucifixion, Easter. In the next three weeks, people that do not go to church anywhere, do not ask anybody that goes to their church to come to here. We're looking for people that don't attend church. Maybe people that have never heard the name of Jesus. We want them to come in. If you know somebody like that, you work with somebody like that, invite them. Why? Because I'm going to tell them the truth about who Jesus is, and our people by welcoming them, by, by by serving them coffee and water, we're showing the love of Christ for people that come in the door. We're to be a light. If you're in your connect group this week, we talked about us being the salt. Man, what a great, what a great, awesome lesson. We're going to be looking at John chapter 12. But I want to ask you a very personal question and it's one that I've already asked you, but I want you to ask yourself. Maybe you need to write this down. Maybe you just need to write it underneath it's already printed there. Who do I say Jesus is? If you listen if you listen to Christian rap music, I'm gonna quote some Christian rap guys in a minute, and their lyrics are phenomenal. Phenomenal. Who do you say Jesus is? Who do you say Jesus is? Some people might say this. He's my saviour. He's the Lord of my life. He's God's son. He's the son of man. Called, Daniel called him the son of man. Some people might say, I have no idea. Was he a good guy? Was he a prophet? What did he do? Jesus is the guy that paid the price for my sin on the cross. All these questions and statements can be a very broad range here. Okay? Anybody that's listening online, okay, on our website, you may, you may think, "Oh, who, I don't know who this Jesus is. I want us to take this journey. I want, I want us to t- think about this question as we look at this different scripture. If you, fo- if you follow with me, John twelve twelve, In the New Testament, now now you, I'll give you some time to find it. I'm going to read the next seven verses in a row because I want you to get the whole picture and the whole package. You ready? Verse 12. There we go. It says, The next day, the news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem swept through the city. A large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and went down to the road to meet him. They shouted, praise God, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail to the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and rode on it. Fulfilling the prophecy that said, don't be afraid, people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming riding on a donkey's colt. His disciples didn't understand at the time that this was a fulfillment of the prophecy. But after Jesus entered into his glory, returned to heaven, they remembered what had happened and realized that these things had been written down about him. Many in the crowd had seen Jesus call Lazarus. Please remember this part. Many in the crowd had seen Jesus call Lazarus from the tomb, raising him from the dead, and they were telling others about it. That was the reason so many went out to meet him. Because they had heard about this miraculous sign. When I mentioned earlier, who do you say Jesus is? Some of us in our lives have thought of Jesus as a coin-operated genie machine. He most certainly is not that. That's what these people were looking for. Oh, cool. You just raised Lazarus from the dead. My grandma's been dead for a couple weeks. Can we bring her back? They were looking for the crazy. They were looking for the, the miraculous that Jesus could do, but they wanted to see it in a self-centered way. Jesus said, I'm coming to bring miracles, alright. We'll talk about that. In verse 19, Then the Pharisees said to each other, <laughs> There's nothing we can do. Look, ev- or look, everyone has gone after Him. Even the Pharisees knew they were not as big as Jesus. They're, they're, man, look at Him. Now we ask, I asked this question earlier, I said, who do you think Jesus is? Now we're going to cover a couple different characters here, and I really want you to dive into this because there's, you may see yourself in the story. It's 2,000 years old, yet it's very relevant right now. There's some people that are in this story that are not in that text. The disciples. Jesus was coming with the disciples to Jerusalem for Passover, Look on the screen to save us some time. Look at Mark chapter 11, 1 through 6. Listen to this. As Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem. This is the same story, different book. They came to the town of Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them ahead. Now remember, who, we're going we're to talk about who, the, who do the disciples say that Jesus is? Who do the other characters say that Jesus is? Now And who do you say that Jesus is? Now watch this. Jesus sent two of them. Verse 2, look at this. Go into that village over there. He told them, As soon as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. Before you condemn Jesus of sinning because of stealing, they were just borrowing it. Watch, I'll show you, I'll prove. Look, Look at this. Verse 3 says, if anyone asks what you're doing, just say, the Lord needs it, and, I, and uh, we will return it to you. Okay, whoa, tell Now, watch very carefully. Very carefully, or you can miss this. Who, the who, do, who do the disciples say that Jesus is? Jesus says this in verse 2. Go into that town. You're going to find a donkey there. Now, keep in mind, he's Jesus. When he comes into Jerusalem, it's the last week of his life. Does he know where he's going? Yes. He most undoubtedly knows that his life is getting ready to end on earth. There's going to be a lot of pain and a lot of agony. And he is probably very anxious and very, very nervous about this. Is he the son of God? Yes. He's also very human. And it's going to hurt. And he's going to pay a price that none of us could ever pay. But look how much, look how quickly and how precise they, they follow Jesus. Jesus says, I want you to go to that town. I want you to find a donkey. It's going to be wrapped right around there somewhere, tied up to a tree. Uh, just take it. How about this? Let's just say you guys are all blessed and what you have a brand new vehicle. Your choice. Your choosing. I'll go to the one that has the Corvette though, whoever that is, okay? And I'll go to your house and I'll say, hey, I just need the keys. I'm just going to take your car for just a little bit. I would meet my brother-in-law very quickly. You know who my brother-in-law is? He's a cop. You would call the cops in a hurry. You'd say, no way. That's mine. They're so obedient. These guys have walked with Christ every day for three years. And they know him very intimately. And when Jesus says something, they've learned. It takes us some time, doesn't it? But they've learned that when my God says, do this, guess what? You do it. Or there's consequences. Look at verse 4. The two disciples, we pick up the story, and they left. Okay, The two disciples left. And guess what? They found him. They found the colt. They found the colt standing in the street, tied outside the front door. If Jesus ever tells... Jesus never tells any of these disciples anything that is false. This is a physical thing. I mean, Jesus is probably sitting outside the town and goes, oh yeah, it's on 4th Street. Just go down there. But he's just telling them, go look for it. It'll be there. Does he know? He's Jesus. He's Jesus. Has it ever occurred to you that nothing occurs to God? He knows. Okay, now watch. Look at this. So they find the donkey. That's, okay, we accomplished goal number one. They found the donkey. Look at this. Five. As they were untying it, some bystanders demanded, what are you doing untying that coat? Basically, that's not yours. If you saw me getting into your neighbor's Corvette and driving away, you would know. You, that's not yours. That's not yours. That's not your boat. That's not your, that's not your Corvette. Oh, Jesus told me I could borrow it. <laughs> then I go to the insane asylum. no, you know, <laughs> no. What do you do when they said? look at verse 6. They said what Jesus had told them to say and they were permitted to take it. Watch this. I show up to your neighbor's house, brand new Corvette, I get in it. You go, Matt, you can't take that. That's not your car. Jesus said, I could do it. Okay. <laughs> now watch. Probably... Probably theological people have studied this far more in depth than I have. Probably the person that they go to borrow this donkey from is already a follower of Christ. And watch this. That means that the disciples were obedient and that person was obedient in order to accomplish what God wanted to accomplish. This is a very stair-step thing. If one person in this whole equation doesn't do what they're supposed to, Jesus doesn't get a donkey. And he has to get a donkey if we look at, back to Zechariah in a second. so It says, then they brought the colt to Jesus. And they threw their garments over and he sat on it. Man! Awesome! So the disciples did what Jesus said. He was their Messiah. He was in the form of man as God. He was their leader, he was their mentor, and he was their Savior. Think about this. Jesus called these guys from the seashore. Making enough money today to eat tomorrow. And he came up to them and he said, hey, I want you to follow me. And they said, what are we going to do? Literally, Jesus says this. I'm going to teach you how to fish for men. Did they argue? Look back in that scripture sometime. Not one time. I said, okay. (laughs) It says they dropped their nets and they followed Christ. Now you and I, just in your mind, communicate with me. How difficult is it if God says to do something very outside our comfort zone? Do we just drop everything and go? We have to be told by our parents five times to clean our room. How are we going to follow Jesus the first time he says something? See, this is a big, these disciples, he's the man. Look at your worship handout. The first blank. Check this out. The disciples obeyed what Jesus told them. If we choose to follow God's word, problem, here's the problem. You know what the problem is? They put the words we and choose together. (laughs) Not good. We choose. Here's the deal. Apart from this right here and God coming in the form of Jesus to this earth, you and I left up to our own. We cannot choose good all the time. We can't do it. Without God's help, we cannot do it. So there's a problem. We do something wrong, it separates us. And this covers it. Next week, I cannot cannot wait to teach through next week's sermon. What does this mean? Now, these look really nice. I'm going to give you a little little glimpse. You ready? Ready? Next week's cross is not nice. It is not smooth. It wasn't maple. Those are maple. It wasn't maple. It was thick. It was heavy. It was rough. It was splintered. It was ugly. But do, do you know, if, you, if you've ever heard this before, there's, a, there's an old song that God grew the tree that He knew would be used to crucify His Son. That's how much you're loved. This morning, you walk around, you come in from a from a, maybe a day of hard at school or hard at work, and, and yesterday was busy too, and, and you don't have a good relationship maybe with your parents or with your kids or something. You come in here and say, "Man, I just I just don't feel appreciated." Let me tell you something. You're appreciated enough that our God grew a tree to crucify His Son on to pay for you and what you've done. You're more loved than I could ever express to you. You're more valuable than any amount of money in this world. He says this, if we choose to follow God's word. That's a big problem, isn't it? It's what? God gives you a choice. To follow if we, if we do. Look, if we choose to follow God's word and apply it. Oh, there's another step. Look at this. Even this is intimate. We can choose to follow God's word. Okay, I'll follow it. Okay, now this. Now apply it. Oh, I don't want to be nice to my neighbor. You have no idea what they said about me. That person that I work with on third shift, They're nuts. I don't want to get along with them. Guess what? God says, you don't have a choice. I want you to apply in the book of Luke, do to others as you would have them do to you. I want you to actually do this. It says, we are showing others who Jesus is. We show show others who Jesus is. Now this is a very pointed question. Do others know who you think Jesus is? Do other people know who you think Jesus is? This is hard. Do other people... If you could not say a word, do other people that you come in contact with know that you're a Christ follower? Whew. That's tough. That's tough. Do other people know by based on your actions, your relationships, do they know, could they tell that you're a follower of Christ? the the artist Lecrae says this. You ready for this? On this subject, do others know who you think Jesus is? He says this. He says, can they tell you value Jesus by the way you rep His name? Can they tell you, can they tell that you value Jesus by the way you rep His name? Simply by your actions. How you obey, what you apply, how you raise your children, what you consider valuable. See, this is a huge, huge undertaking. Can they tell by the way that we live our life, by the way that we talk? What if the only thing somebody could see was your social media statuses? That's for another day. <laughs> very, I'm very careful about posting on social media. Very careful. I want to encourage. It's a great platform, and we use it a lot with our church. But it's a great platform to encourage. But it's also, man, you you, you think your tongue is sharp? Your hands could be faster than your tongue sometimes. Ooh, I don't like that person. Click, gun, done. It's gone. It's out there. It's fast. Look at with, look at with me back at John twelve. 12 if you if you have a if you're interested in, in reading more about this after we after we talk about this today go back to john chapter 11 if you want to know some cool bible trivia i'm going to let you know because numbers just make sense to me and i memorized this a long time ago i could have been you know listen to my dad preach because I, I paid attention all the time that's sarcasm and i was looking through the bible and i was trying to find this john eleven thirty five is the shortest verse in the bible it says jesus wept now we think oh yeah jesus cried He's a sissy. We're going to talk about in a second how much of not a wimpy guy he was. Jesus wept why? Chapter 11, his friend Lazarus has died. He's not okay with it. Watch. When we see Jesus wept, this is what it translates to. You ready? Jesus cried. He felt sorrow. You know how you can feel sorrow? The only way you can feel sorrow is if you're human it's the only way it translates. It doesn't have any other meaning. Jesus was sorrowful. He cried. He, it, was, it hurt him. And if you go back to chapter 11, Lazarus has just died. been in the grave for four days. Jesus goes, hey. He goes, where's Lazarus? He goes, we told you. You wouldn't come. He's dead. He's been dead for four days. I love this. This is the king. This is the God that I serve. You ready? He goes, oh, <laughs> Lazarus is not dead. He's going to rise again. I'm sorry, what? Think about it. If you're the sister, what? He's going to rise again? Oh yeah, Jesus. When you come back to get us, he's going to rise up because he was a follower of you. He goes, no, I'm talking about right now. What do you mean? So he walks over. I love this. He walks over. Jesus, don't go over there. Man, he probably, it doesn't smell good. He's been dead for four days. Nature says he doesn't smell good. Science says he doesn't smell good. He walks over and he says this. Lazarus, depending on what, how, just watch this authority. He doesn't say, hey, if you feel like it, come out. Not one time in scripture does it say, hey, if you feel like it, let's do it. Jesus has authority. Authority. And he lays it all down next week. He lays it down. He walks over to the rock and he says, Lazarus, Come out. It's not a question. It's a command. And guess what? The dude walks out of the grave. And he's got linens all over his head, how they used to wrap him. And he said, untie that dude, let him eat. And he eats. Guess what? Last time I checked, when you're dead, you're kind of dead. I have, I've done several funerals, not one time. Listen, I would be, I would, I would give God all the glory. It would be confusing for a little while, okay? But I would give God the glory if somebody prayed. Okay, that, that'd be great. But here's the deal: not one of the people I've ever done a funeral for have I seen again. They don't get back up. It's final. That's why the hope in Christ is such a big deal. Because I have family members, and maybe you do too, that have passed on from this life. And I have sorrow. Jesus cried. He wept. John eleven thirty five. 35. I wept for those people. Guess what? Man, I'm pumped. Guess what? You know when I woke up today, guess what? I'm a, I'm a day closer to heaven today. I have a lot of people on the other side that I'd like to see. But I have a job. <laughs> I have a job to do right now. And that's, can other people see I value Jesus by the way that I represent Him? And I fail. In verse 12, look at this. The next day, the news that Jesus was on His way. So, listen, He has just raised a dude out of a rock grave grave. And the news that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem swept through the city. A large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and went down to the road to meet him. And they shouted, praise God, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail to the King of Israel. This is their version of Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. They do not have Snoopy or Woodstock. Some of you don't watch the Macy's Day Parade. Okay, anyway. Big balloons. It's in New York. Anyway. It's on Thanksgiving. Anyway. Anyway. This is the parade among all parades in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is packed with Jewish people. Why does Jesus wait till Passover to come in Jerusalem? Because he knows it's packed. He goes, once and for all, I'm going to give him one more chance, I'm going to tell as many people as I can at one time. I just, I just raised this dude from the dead. There's good, my, it's going to get around. If somebody went to the graveyard the day after I did a funeral for somebody, and, and, they, they, and that person got back alive, I would go check it out. And if you, and if you, I don't know, I would just find it very hard if you wouldn't. Because I'm like, there's no way. This was the parade. This was Jesus. He's the king, the Messiah, the deliverer. Listen to these awesome words in that video before we start a worship. He's, he's my king. He's the Lord of Lords, the God of all earth. And all the world. He comes. And he's now going through the town. And the people that gathered there were joyous. They were shouting. They were laughing. They were singing. They were praising God. They were announcing that the Messiah had come. Listen, the Old Testament was turning true. Wow! Look at this guy. And check out his awesome ride that Jesus came into Jerusalem on. Think about this. A donkey. What kind of story is this? A donkey? Really? Really? If I were to ride it, Jesus would come in on the fastest camel with only one hump because two would slow the camel down. I would be like some kind of like gold-plated camel just flying in, flying in there. I just think it's crazy. This is what the people were looking for. They wanted, they wanted David to come back. Solid gold armor, gold chariot, two huge horses up front, and power. That's what they want. Did Jesus have the power? Yes. Did he come in power? Yes. Did he display it? No, he displayed humility. He said, I'm coming to serve you. Now this is the king. And the king was riding on a super sport turbo donkey. He's riding on a gray animal, people. We play donkey basketball games here in southern Illinois. If you're not from southern Illinois and you, see, you hear the words donkey basketball game, you would think that's different. Literally. People ride donkeys, most of the time they just drag donkeys. Do they do what they're supposed to? Now watch, that. you don't see this donkey do anything except what? What God wants him to do. He said, dude, just walk, I'll sit, let's go. In verse 14 and 15, Jesus found a young donkey and rode on it, fulfilling the prophecy that said, don't be afraid, people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming, riding on a donkey's colt. Why would they have shouted King Jesus in Jerusalem? Because Zechariah said this in the Old Testament. Look at this on the screen. Zechariah nine nine. Rejoice, O people of Zion. God's chosen. Okay, watch this. Shout in triumph. So what are they doing? They're shouting. Waving. Remember the old school? If, you, if you've been in church a long time and you had, a, had a, a kid's church program on Easter and they had palm, and they're, like, and they're waving those things... If you're probably me, you know, we're swinging them side to side, you know, playing sword or something with them. Listen, these people were rejoicing and when they were they were shouting. This was exciting. Oh, people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He's righteous and victorious, yet look at this word. He's humble. He comes in full power, full God power. And yet he comes riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. I was joking about the super sport turbo donkey. Jesus entered Jerusalem on a humble form of transportation. The king and savior of the world was coming into a town full of people to announce that he was, in fact, the Messiah for the last time. This is the last week of his life. He was riding on a donkey. Can, can, we, can we come up with a better story than that? Maybe a more believable story, a more, more king story. How about this? Jesus comes in to Jerusalem via a parachute. Jesus comes in to Jerusalem with expectations of fireworks and explosions and lights and, and, and disco balls and cool laser shows. Red carpet. You know what? Jesus didn't get a red carpet. Jesus got the physical clothing off of his followers in front of him for the donkey to walk on. Jesus is not walking. They thought Jesus was such a big deal. The Messiah was such a huge thing. They didn't even want the animal that he was riding on to touch the dirt. That is, an ulti- that is unreal. You roll out the red, red carpet for the Oscars so they don't have to walk on anything but the red carpet, right? Look at these, the way these people saw him. Right now, on what is celebrated in Scripture right now, this is Palm Sunday, they are screaming, King Jesus. Jesus had just raised somebody from the dead. But it also says in verse um, in one of the verses it says that they had seen in chapter eleven Jesus raised Lazarus, and that's why they were there. They were not saying, Oh yeah, how about a trick, dude? How about a trick? Look at verse 16. His disciples didn't understand at the time. Now this is huge. This is us. Put yourself here. The disciples didn't understand at the time that this was a fulfillment of prophecy. This is Jesus on the donkey. But after Jesus entered into his glory, after he was resurrected by God and ascended into heaven, after he had left, they remembered what had happened and realized that these things had been written about him. There's, one, there's another thing, in, in the very near future, okay, in, in this week, Jesus has the Lord's Supper with his disciples in the, in the upper room, and they're all alone, and they're a very intimate setting, and Jesus says this, guys, you talk about things that you don't understand, and Jesus says this, he goes, guys, I'm getting ready to go somewhere, and you can't go. Now, they, they probably would have been, oh man, can you imagine trying to maybe that maybe for for fun they played hide and seek? Do you ever think about how hard it would be to play hide and seek with Jesus? They <laughs> say where I'm going, you can't go, and they very, it confused them greatly. What are you doing? What do you mean? where you're going? We can't go. For the last three years, we followed you every step of the way. And Jesus says, "Listen, the Son of Man is going to die." He's predicting his own death on the That's in the back of his mind right now. It's the last week of his life. He comes to them, comes to them and he says. I'm going to go somewhere that you can't go. But please understand and know this. He says, where I'm going, I'm preparing a place for you so that you may know. No doubt." Jesus says, you guys, (laughs) there's no doubt. You follow me. I know what I'm going to do in your life and I know what you're... He's Jesus. He says, I'm going to prepare a place. This... Straight over your head. It's like something that your mom and dad teach you or try to teach you at 18 and you say, oh, I'll never use that. And you get to be about 35 and you go, you know, that wasn't that dumb. That's pretty smart. Look at your worship handout. Look at this. In John 2.22. See, the whole book of John is just spilling over with this stuff. Look at this. It says, It says, after he was raised from the dead, his disciples remember he had said this and they believed both the scripture and what Jesus said. So here's the deal. This is John chapter 2 going in reverse now towards the beginning of the book. Now watch. Now they're sitting there after Jesus has gone to heaven and they said, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Do you remember... When Jesus said he wasn't going to be here, that means that he was going to be raised from the dead and he's going to come back one day. This is the really cool thing. You know what? I got really fired up. I had somebody share this with me this morning after the first service and I've heard this before. Here's the deal. When Jesus comes into Jerusalem on a donkey, oh man, that's pretty humble. You should read in Revelation on what he rides coming back. He's not riding on a donkey. He's coming with all power and authority And he's coming because he can. Because he paid. Right there. Jesus is not coming back on a donkey, folks. He's not coming back. He's coming back in full power. In full authority. And the Bible says that he's going to open his mouth and destroy all evil in this world. (laughs) I can't wait. Take me for a ride. Let's go. He's not coming back on a donkey. He's coming back in full authority. But Jesus says this. After he was raised from the dead, the disciples remembered what he had said. And they had believed him. They said, no, wait a minute. He said in the Lord's Supper, he said this. He said, I'm going to go to a place. Remember what he said? I'm going to go to a place that you can't go. Oh, he went to heaven. But do you remember what he said? He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. But right now, we have a job. Right now, you and I, as a follower of Christ, if you are one, we have a job until that time comes. And we have to be little, literally little Jesus is running around. I had a guy this week ask me, we we're sitting in Hardee's, and he said, he said, you know, I wonder what God thinks about me when he looks at me. And I said, he doesn't see you. Now I was talking to a believer in Jesus Christ. Blood covered, sin atoned for Jesus person. Believer, follower. And I said, God's not going to look at you. He goes, why not? I said, because when you became a new creation, your old self is dead. Behold, a new one is created. And you're covered with Christ. So when God looks down at us at hearties, I think that he sees Jesus sitting next to Jesus. What? I said, if you look in the New Testament, it says this, we are a co-heir with Christ. Look up that definition. It means, that, listen, Jesus is going to be elevated at the right hand of God, but we are co-heirs. We get to inherit glory. If, look, if we remember, we didn't understand at the time, but after Jesus entered glory, they remembered. There are things in your life that God has tried to teach you that went, Hew. <laughs> He says, I want you to get this. I want you to understand what's going on. Maybe you had something in your life that God has brought you out of, and then you come in contact with somebody that's that's where you were struggle wise. Guess what? God doesn't say, oh yeah, just uh, throw him a couple bucks. God says, I want you to get dirty in the ministry, get on your knees beside him in the mud, and I want you to show him how I changed your life. Ministry is not clean. You get your hands dirty doing what God wants you to do. Oh, that's not right. All the disciples besides one of them were killed. They tried to kill the last one, they boiled them in oil, and it didn't work. Oh, the joy. Listen, he says you're going to get your hands dirty for me. You're going to get your hands dirty. Just before this verse in John 2:22, one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible, and if you've seen The Passion of the Christ, it happens in The Passion of the Christ. Now I'm tell you something right now that I reiterated from earlier. Ready? Jesus was not a wimp guy. He did not have long flowing hair and manicured nails. You know why? He was a carpenter's son. Jesus was a ripped, strong dude. And when he came in and cleared the temple, when Jesus flipped the table, I tend to think this. He flipped the table. It, the Bible says he has righteous anger clearing the temple. Get out of here. You're making my, my, my father's house a den of thieves. You stupid people. Get out of here. And just when he does this, when he runs them all out, the smart alecks, the Pharisee guys, come up and go, Hey, on whose authority are you clearing this temple? And they're wanting him to say, I'm the Messiah. Okay? They're wanting, that, they're wanting that, that nail to prove him guilty to get rid of him. Instead, Jesus gives him a riddle. He says this, The Pharisees say, if God gave you this authority, do something miraculous. Guess what? The Pharisee right here is asking this. is no different than the person standing with a palm branch that doesn't really follow Christ. Hey, Jesus, do something for me today. How about this? Or you could be like the follower who takes off their their most expensive coat or the most expensive perfume and you anoint the feet of Christ and you dry it with their hair. When you completely humble yourself. In James 4.10, it says, humble yourself before the, the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. Now, we, we, I take off the in honor sometimes because sometimes it's like, oh, look at what I'm going to do. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. goes along with, Jesus says, if you give your life away, you'll gain it. If you lose it, you'll gain it. But Jesus says, they're wanting this miraculous sign, so Jesus says this. And he says, okay. And they're in, the, they're in the temple. He said, just destroy it. Knock down every single block of this temple. Destroy the temple, and I'll rebuild it in three days. There's no way you can do that. It took us 46 years to build this place. He wasn't talking about the physical temple, folks. He was saying, you know what? You're going to destroy the temple. You're eventually in the next few chapters, ten chapters later, you're gonna kill me, but guess what? Speaking of things that probably came back to their mind after Jesus was raised from the dead. (laughs) Remember these Pharisees that had this conversation with him? Can you imagine on the third day when Jesus rises from the dead? Oh, he wasn't talking about the real temple, was he? the Roman guard, I can't. I want to see risen so bad, I can't, because it's, it's a scripture there's a, there's a verse in scripture a Roman guard that was in charge in beating and imprisoning and punishing Jesus Christ at the cross everything happened, he gave up his life on the cross and even the Roman guard said surely this was the son of God no playing around, no second guessing he said this was him and he comes in with this donkey should have came in in gold. It should have came in in a a first century Porsche. However that would have been. (laughs) He's talking about himself. Look at verse 17. This is the reason they were there. Many in the crowds had seen Jesus call Lazarus from the tomb, raising him from the dead, and they were telling others about it. Yeah, you would too. Dude, I saw this guy. He was dead. I was at his funeral. There was some talk about Jesus coming over four days later. So I went. Dude, he's living right now. He, I ate with him. No way. I'm telling you, this guy's coming to Jerusalem. You have to come see him. Look at verse 18. That was the reason so many went out to meet him. Because they had heard about this miraculous sign. In this life, people are very interested in taking and getting and grabbing and accepting without anything a part of doing or being humble. God... I'm pulling the lever. What's coming out today? 7,000? Yeah, all right, all right, money. Listen, listen. God says this about that. I will take care of everything that you need according to my riches and glory. Guess what? God is the richest individual being ever to exist. My girls look at my wedding ring a lot. It's white gold. And I got to tell them the story that my grandpa told me. I said, Girls. Heaven's going to be so awesome. It's in the Bible, we're said, it's told that, that heaven has streets of gold. I said the last thing that I'm going to do in heaven is wear pavement on my finger. I'm a joint heir with Christ. If I'm a forgiven person. And I accept that relationship with Jesus. I'm in heaven. Listen to this. But so many people went out to meet Him and and shake these palm branches and say, hey, if I shake this so many times, will you just do something cool for me? Be careful not to go through life like this. God, I attend church. Guess what? God doesn't say attend church. He says, plug in and minister to people. Plug in. Look at your worship handout. It says this. Some of these people wanted to see Jesus do some tricks. They wanted to see a show. The circus was coming to town. Okay, they followed Jesus on this day. What? This is sharp. Some of the same people that shook a palm branch and said, Messiah, deliver. In a few days later, in this last week, they said nothing to stop the crucifixion. Instead, when it comes to this, the same people that did this threw that away and said, you know what? Give us that murderer Barabbas. We don't care what he's done, but anything's better than a trade for Jesus. Listen, that's like, that's like trading my little league baseball card that you get from the photographer. For a Babe Ruth card. It's not intelligent. But it was necessary. They put a guy on a tree. That was not that nice. They put him on a tree. And he gave up his life. At any amount of time. At any any specific time. Jesus Christ could have spoke. And these people that were here. And opposed him. Would have been Destroyed. My God didn't stay on the cross because He couldn't get off. He stayed on the cross because He loves us. One of my favorite sayings in the world is, Jesus loves us because He loves us. Because He loves us. Because He loves us. Because He loves us. Man. Instead of looking for a trick, let's look for how we can serve God. They did nothing to stop it. The same people, oh yeah, Jesus good. Kill Him. Same mouth. The same people that shouted Hosanna, shouted crucify him, kill him. He's nothing but a blasphemer. Folks. <laughs> Jesus was the real deal before Evander Holyfield started boxing. Guess what? He's still did. He still his. He still loves me today. Just as he loved me. Whenever I was three and two. And before He even knew, or before I knew what I was. He's loved you your whole life. He will never stop. How do you know that, man? How do you know that? Come back next week. And I'll show you. You have the time this week. Rent, do you believe? And watch it. See if you can answer this question. Do you believe in the cross of Christ? Well, absolutely. I'm a pastor. Or absolutely. I'm a Christian. I'm a follower. Do you believe in what the cross represents that Jesus conquered so that you can have? It was not a trick. There were no special effects. It was God laying down His life for you and I. After a Palm Sunday, can you imagine the anxiety and the rejection that He felt? These same people that are lined the streets waving palm branches saying, Hosanna King of Kings in the next three or four days are yelling crucify Him. He's rejected by his own people. These are Jewish people. Jesus was a Jew. He's going to Jerusalem, the capital, and where all the Jews are at the Passover service. And he says, "I'm here, guys. This is me." And they say, "No, not enough gold. Wrong animal." Look at this. Last, look at this. Look at this last scripture. And we, and we enter, enter the Pharisees. Now, the Pharisees on Palm Sunday are like, man, this is the biggest parade I've ever seen in my life. And they say this, look. And the Pharisees said to each other, there's nothing we can do. Look, everyone has gone after him. We can't do anything to compete with this guy. He's the man. They knew it. They knew it. Even Jesus challenges them sometimes in Scripture, and he says, he says well, why don't you do something? Is it easier for me to forgive sin or to make this guy walk? Oh, true question. He couldn't answer it right. Is it easier for me to say your sins are forgiven or to make him walk? And guess what? The guy that they lowered down on the roof, he didn't make him walk first. This is awesome. This is awesome in that scripture. He doesn't make him better as far as walking first. He says your sins are forgiven because Jesus was teaching and he was not healing inside that house. And then he says, "Yeah, okay, watch this. I can do both. Go ahead. Walk. Talk about ticked off. (laughs) The Pharisees were probably upset. The disciples... You can go ahead to that next blank slide. Where do you fit in the story? The disciples who walked with Christ for three years said that He was the Messiah and they were so obedient. Yes, they messed up, but they were obedient in living their lives for Christ. They even, they even went and got a donkey. That's obedience. That's obedience in the small things because Jesus knew if He could do it in the small things, they would be obedient in the big things. And even after, after Peter denies Christ three times after next week's sermon... The coming of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. Peter goes into the middle of hostile Christian country. Same town, Jerusalem. He stands up in the town square. He preaches at the top of his lungs. And over 3,000 men were saved in one sermon. That's power. Only coming from God. the disciples said He was the Messiah. The Savior of the world. The crowds of people said this, Jesus is the greatest show on earth. Do something again for us, Jesus. Raise someone else from the dead. Watch ourselves that we don't say, God, show me a sign. Jesus himself says, you have more faith if you believe and you haven't seen. I've never met God. I've never met Jesus, am I? He's never came over to play Uno with me. He's never came over for breakfast. But I've seen, I see the evidence of him in my life and in the life of you, of people that are not the same as they were a year ago. Billy Graham's quoted to say, have you, ever, have you ever seen God? No, I've never seen God. He says, Hitting in Billy Graham counters, he says, Have you ever seen the wind? And the guy goes, No. He goes, I've seen the effects of the wind, but I've never seen the wind. But I believe it's there based on the effects that I've seen. I believe God is very real and on the effects that I've seen in my own life. There's none of you that can argue with that. Because it's mine. How he took away my anger and addiction and depression. And where he moved me out of. What a God. We're going to see the power next week of how much he loves us. But what matters today is this. Who do you say Jesus is? I want you to really think about that on a personal level. And if you don't know who Jesus is, as soon as I say amen and the music starts, you come up here and you talk to me. i got plenty of time to talk to people about Jesus Christ. You get my information. You call me. You say, hey, let's go go to Hardee's and get some coffee. Fine. Who do you say Jesus is? He's not just a good person. He wasn't just a prophet. He was the incarnate Son of God that died for you and me so that we can have hope. That's who Jesus is. That's my King. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. What a blessing it is to to look at your scripture to see how you came, how how Jesus came so humbly. God, he's not coming back that way. (laughs) be with us all as this this next couple weeks we look at Easter next week God we look at the crucifixion and God the the payment for the, the price help us God as we leave this place to seriously consider who you are in our life I ask those people that maybe need to talk with me to have courage to come and talk to me it's scary but you're good you're a good good father We love you, God. We thank you for the opportunity to meet together and to worship together. In your name we pray, amen.